Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. Follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. That's right. I said it's Friday. It's a Friday spread brought to you by Vaughn Hansen's Meats and Spirits. 2390 North Ulma School in Chandler. The weekend special certified Angus beef choice strip steak at $24.99 a pound. Prime pork butt roast at $3.99 a pound and fresh natural whole chickens at $1.99 a pound. They have so much more uh, at their location, so pay them a visit or visit them online at vonhansensmeats.net. We still have the $100 gift certificate available for you. Make sure you're coming with your weekend play when you are the winner, and we're looking for a winner for the weekend. What we do, we put $5 on it for the bet for the weekend and hope to have money at season's end for charity. Let's quickly reset the scene with today's poll questions, and we'll start with the kdos 1060com Poll question, which is Who do you have Sunday in Seattle? Cardinals plus seven and a half or Seahawks minus seven and a half? Bob had a conversation with Greg Bell of the Tacoma News Tribune talking all things Seahawks, trying to give us some perspective on who this Seattle Seahawks team is. Right now, Cardinals plus seven and a half. 53% of the vote, Seahawks minus 7.5 at 47%. We'll dive into it more in depth around 11.30 today. Tossing this on over to Twitter at KDUS AM 1060, we opened up our number one discussing game three victory for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Game four is tonight, 5.07 p.m. Joe Mantiply in an opener uh, for the Diamondbacks here. Sanchez going for the Phillies. Do the D-backs beat the Phillies a second straight day? Yes, leading the way at 60% of the vote. No, 40%. We'll officially answer that question around 1130 as well. 11:15, it's Brian Bluis of Pro Football Network Time set to help us with some NFL props for the weekend, but let's continue with Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. We have some more games to dissect and we go to New York where the Commanders are in town minus 3, Giants plus 3, over under sitting at 37 and a half. This line has actually moved from how it opened. Uh it's moved it looks like here it opened minus two, and then also it was 39 and a half, and now it's down to 37 and a half. The offense for the Giants seemed to move a little bit better last week with Tyrod Taylor, less sacks with that banged up offensive line, some really inexplicable game management decisions from the Giants, though. Questions for the commanders here. Who are they? On offense, Sam Howell has had some moments of looking good, some other moments of question. The commanders rank 29th at 28% in run-stop win rate. So can Saquon take advantage of that? Uh, Not with this offensive line, which is even worse now than it was a week ago. They put another guy in injured reserve. They're starting left guard is now on IR. So that's three of the five guys that were the original starters are on injured reserve. 
Remember, Thomas, we were wondering if he was going to play in week two against the Cardinals. Uh, it's not week two anymore, and we're still wondering if he, when he's going to play. Uh, Daniel Jones did return to practice on a limited basis, but as of just a few minutes ago, he has yet to be cleared for contact. And I'm pretty sure that there's going to be contact football when this game starts on Sunday, even though the Washington defense, to me, is one of the biggest disappointments in the NFL. So contact has not been as much as they'd hoped. These Steelers are coming back off of a bye, and they are traveling to L.A. to take the on, take on the Rams. Steelers plus three, Rams minus three, over-under sitting at 43-and-a-half. Numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 12-4 uh, and four for the Steelers under Mike Tomlin following a bye week. Steelers, though, they're giving up 143.8 yards per game on the ground. We saw what the Rams did to the Cardinals last week in the second half, but Kyrene Williams is now out. They signed Miles Gaskin, elevated Royce Freeman to the active roster, but does it matter? I didn't know Royce. I didn't know Royce Freeman was still in the league. Um, it's amazing. It's uh, Ron, Ronnie Rivers is out too. That guy's good, uh, and he's also out. So that's you know the running back. Uh, you know, shortage that they now have suddenly in Los Angeles. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, that's okay. Uh, then the next question here is, can anyone slow down Cooper Cup? On the flip side of this, did that bye week do anything for any offensive changes for the Steelers? Maybe going with a, a different running back instead of Najee Harris. Maybe, but unfortunately, even during the bye week, Pat Fryermuth had some kind of uh, injury you know, issue. You know, they thought he'd be back this week. Uh, he has uh, you know, you know, been further injured. He's been declared out this morning. Deontay Johnson might come back. I mean, they opened that 21-day window, and there's actually some speculation that he might play this week. Uh, can Pickett get him the ball? That's a good question. Uh, he uh, was, I think it was 81 catches last year for Johnson with uh, no touchdowns from Pickett. Uh, so maybe they'll have a reconnection or a connection can't be a reconnection if they well they did connect for like 80 some receptions but they just didn't score any touchdowns with him <laughs> the packers and the broncos packers minus one and a half broncos plus one and a half over under sitting at 45 aaron jones supposedly back for the packers can he carve up this broncos run defense we did see a little bit better defensive effort there on that thursday night football game against the chiefs but I don't know that we can say that they've really turned a corner on defense. And then the next question here, is the Packers defense actually pretty darn good to really stifle this Broncos offense here, uh, slowing down Russell Wilson? Good luck, folks, if you want to bet on this game. I think we have two quarterbacks that are not good. I'm tired of hearing about, the, you know, love is Jordan Love is improved and he's whatever. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, he's had a couple of good – good halves of football i don't know if he's had really had a good game from start to finish this year he was absolutely terrible the last time we saw them when he didn't single-handedly lose the game against the raiders but he came pretty damn close to doing that and russell wilson is really bad i'm sorry kayla already forgot who's the backup quarterback in denver oh it's Jarrett stidham Okay, so they have no alternative but uh, Russell Wilson, the fact that Jared Stidham is the backup and they're paying Russell Wilson until the end of time. The Chargers and the Chiefs here. Chargers plus five and a half. Chiefs minus five and a half. Over under sitting at 47 and a half. The Chiefs traded this week for McCole Hardman. So he's coming back to the Chiefs. Can that really truly give this offense a weapon outside of Travis Kelsey? 
Seems like every game the Chargers play is close, no matter who the opponent is. On the defensive side of the ball for the Chiefs here, Chris Jones, can he wreak havoc on this Chargers offensive line? Also, are the Chargers finding themselves in a must-win situation for a whole host of reasons? I think they're beyond that. I think they're you know worthless, helpless, not any good. I mean, really not any good. They're pretty close to the eight really bad teams in football because, A, they can't protect the quarterback, and Herbert, when he does have protection, his decision-making is atrocious. Uh, and uh, usually it doesn't get bad until the end of the season when the game when the season's on the line. Uh, this year it's happening early in the season. He made some horrendous decisions in the last couple of games. The only time that the Chargers have rushed the passer this year – was against uh, against Las Vegas when you know the quarterback situation in Las Vegas they just were overmatched. Mac had six sacks in that game. He's done pretty much nothing before or since. And Joey Bosa is not doing anything. I'm just wondering whether all the injuries that Bosa's had in his career are playing or a toll, you know basically you know playing a toll or you know it's wearing him down or he's just he's not any good anymore. Uh, the good news is. Uh, you know, the Chiefs have a really good defense, and I think that's uh, by far the best unit on the field in this game because the Chiefs' offense, because of their offensive line uh, issues, are not nearly as good as they have been. The Dolphins and the Eagles for the Sunday Night Football Contest. Dolphins plus 2.5, Eagles minus 2.5, over-under sitting at 51.5. Uh, you know, I, I have to think that the Eagles – you know, game plan wise would want to try to make sure that the ground game gets involved, take advantage of the Dolphins defense that is giving up 114 and a half yards per game on the ground. Conversely, the defensive front is one of the best here that the Dolphins will face, despite some of the injuries that the Eagles have suffered here. Can the Eagles slow down Tua and the offense? Question marks are certainly tough for the Eagles, and that could, for health concern reasons for for the Eagles here. Uh, This is a game, though, that it seems like for the Dolphins to say that they've arrived to be in the upper echelon, they have to win. Yeah, that 114 yards rushing per game against Miami, that's a really high number considering they've been ahead almost every minute they've played this year. And, they, of course, the one game that they weren't, they got demolished at the line of scrimmage by Buffalo. If Philadelphia is healthy, I think they could demolish them again. Uh, Lane Johnson may actually play in this game. It looked like when he got hurt last week he was going to play for a while, but he's a tough dude. Uh, you know, Jalen Carter and Darius Slay have actually practiced this week. Devontae Smith has missed from practice time this week. I think if there were ever a game in the NFL, at least for this Sunday and maybe for several Sundays, you need to just see who's active and inactive in this. This is like a college game. you got to figure out who's playing before you can take any action. I really want to take the Eagles in this game because I think they could just physically dominate at the line of scrimmage against the Dolphins, who I still think, I may regret to say this too, along with some of the things I said about the, the Jacksonville game yesterday, But I think the Dolphins are the most overrated team in the NFL for several years, not just this year. Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com, will get his insight in the world of the NFL prop market as he joins us on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point on this Friday, October 20th. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro with you. Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network, next.
We'll do what's best for the team, and we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show, coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. Welcome back to The Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. It's Friday. It's October 20th. Follow along with us online as always, KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. One of my favorite segments on a Friday, and that's popping on out to the KDOS hotline. Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network, PFNbetting.com to talk all things NFL props. Brian, Bob and Kayla, how are you today? I'm great. How are you guys? Doing good. Looking forward to the conversation and some fun ahead for the weekend. Uh, Joshua Dobbs, he will be the Cardinals quarterback for at least one more week. He got some late game yardage to hit his over last week. The Seahawks are coming off a game with some disappointing production in the red zone. The Cardinals have had trouble in the secondary and historically trying to cover Tyler Lockett. He has had great games against the Cardinals. So what do we think here about Lockett yards, Geno Smith yards? Uh, Also, does the ground game finally get going for Seattle in this one? Yeah, I'm pretty high on the Seahawks offense in this one. Like you mentioned, they had a pretty dreadful performance last week against the Bengals. They had two turnovers on downs inside the 10-yard line, an interception in the red zone, and settling for a field goal inside the 10-yard line. So by going into much worse Cardinals defense that really struggles to defend the pass and get after the passer, I think that Gino will have a much better day. And as a result, Tyler Lockett should definitely be a beneficiary. So we're to mind taking overs on those guys' props or even DK Metcalf that Considering I think that the Seahawks should have went handily in this one, I wouldn't mind Dobbs' overs, too, with the potential uh, garbage time. The Bills' uh, offense was bad against the Giants. Uh, Josh Allen, I know he's had maybe some injury concerns here, but with the exception of that one really bad weather game against the against the Patriots, the last couple of years, Allen has just lit up the Patriots. So any Bills passing game props that uh, we might want to look at here? Yeah, if you want to look at some Bills player props, why don't, instead of Stephon Diggs, why, it, I think you should want to target one of their other pass catchers because we see Bill Belichick, as bad as the pages have been, they've still done a good job of shutting down your primary weapon this season. We all know Belichick historically. His game plan is to take away your best weapon and make you beat their, the Patriots defense in other ways. So rather than looking at Stephon Diggs' props, I mean, his yardage is really high at 90 to half. Why not a guy like Gabriel Davis being the beneficiary here at a 35 and a half? Stealing my notes here. Uh, Brian Blue is Pro Football right. Network, pfnbetting.com right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. The Lions, they're on the road facing the Ravens. Amon Ross St. Brown is back and looked great last week. Is 72 and a half yards too many for him? Does a pivot to Josh Reynolds make some sense here? And conversely, we haven't really seen the ground game get going for the Ravens. It's going to be a tough defensive front with the Lions. So will it fall all on Lamar Jackson to create the run game? His yardage prop, 55 and a half yards. Yeah, we'll start with Amon Ross St. Brown. He's gone over 70 yards in pretty much in all but one game this season. Well, over 71, sorry, um, over 70, over 70 and a half yards in all but one game this season. And that one game that he did it, it was a pretty much a blowout win over the Packers. And they're good, they're road underdogs in this one against a really good Ravens team, which should be the best game of the day for the uh, Sunday night football game. So I wouldn't mind a flyer on Monroe St. Brown here as he's one of the best shooters in the NFL. 
even though the Ravens have really good secondaries, he should be pretty much matched or proof and should be able to dominate the target share in this one going when they're playing from behind potentially. And with Gus Edwards, and actually one of my uh, colleagues, uh, Jason Katz, he really likes his under this week because that Lions run defense is really good and one of the best in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I do see that if they get anything going on the ground, it'll have to be with Lamar Jackson's scramble. So I wouldn't mind a flyer if you're looking for a rushing over for him, even though it's pretty high at 55 and a half. Matthew Stafford and his receivers. The, the Rams' top two running backs are out. Uh, so any Rams passing game props uh, get your attention against the Steelers, who have given up some passing yards. Yeah, if there's any way to always beat the Steelers historically, it's pretty much always been through the air. They're always a team that's built around their front seven and stopping the run. I was on Stafford over last week against uh, your guys as Cardinals, and unfortunately didn't work out. They're really exploiting. Uh, they really just got. They really just dominated the ground game in the second half. But you, when you're betting player props, you're betting in general. You want to. You don't want to be too fixated on last week. You want to continue your same process and. Like you said, they're not. They're missing Tyron Williams, who was really official on the ground this year. They have a bunch of back and running backs in this place in the committee. Who, it's a very uninspiring group to say the least. So, I can't imagine that McVay is going to be really run heavy in this one. They're eleventh and passing over expectations so far this season. And even though the Steelers have been a pretty bad team this year, the short spread indicates this could be a close game. So I wouldn't mind uh, Stafford's props in this one. One more on this game here. Uh, you know, the, the Steelers had a week with a bye, and they have to do something offensively to kind of ignite themselves here. So do we think that there's going to be any changes, and would possibly one of those changes be looking at the over for Jalen Warren uh, getting some more touches? Yeah, you, you're scaring me for a second when you're talking about the Steelers' offense bouncing back and maybe improving to say that, but... Then you went with Jalen Warren, who if there's any viewers player on offense I'd like to invest in right now, it would be him because he's starting to creep up into Najee Harris's usage a little bit. He's been far more efficient. At the same time, the Steelers' offense, offensive coordinator, is a very untrustworthy group. But if there's anybody that could emerge out of their bye week and could have a big game, maybe it could be Jalen Warren. But you have me scared for a second that you want to attack any picket props or anything like that, which I have no interest in. No, 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 no. We we'll stay away from that. Yeah. Okay. I, we're on I the same page. I don't blame either of you for that. Absolutely, it's nope. uh, something that uh, Kenny Pickett in general just scares me at this point. All right, Browns when running the, back. When, Jerome... the fan base, when the fan base is chanting to fire the offense coordinator at non-Steelers games in Pittsburgh, that's when you know things are going horribly wrong. <laughs> that's a good point. Was it a Penguins game or something, right? Is that happened? Yeah, I think so. so. I think so. Okay. Uh, uh, Browns running back Jerome Ford. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson might be back this week. Uh, we'll find out about that maybe later today. But uh, Ford, maybe some over-rushing pro- props or scoring a touchdown against the Colts defense. And that Colts defense is going to be without Grover Stewart, who's been suspended for the next six games. He's a really good run defender, so I think Ford might be somebody to attack here. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that play at all, too. A lot of people were high on Ford's unders last week just because of the matchup, potential game script, and that his usage was trending downward in recent weeks. But he had a pretty good game on the ground, 17 carries for 84 yards, nearly five yards a carry, and game script in this one should be in the Browns' favor. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not big, usually a big fan of buying high on teams coming off a big win like they did last week, but like 
But this Colts team going against Gardner Minshew, I don't really think it should be an issue for this Browns team considering how good their defense is. And as a result, I think they'll be playing with the lead late in this one. And I uh, wouldn't mind uh, Jerome Ford's overs at all here. Uh, sticking with that game here, flipping it to the Colts side of things, if we think game theory is going to play out where the Colts might be behind, in general, just how uh, stout this Browns defense has been, do we look at some unders for Jonathan Taylor? Maybe, honestly. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad idea because he's still sort of coming back from missing the first two games of the season, and Zach Moss looked really, looked really good in his absence. And this Browns defense, I mean, even if Gamestrip was in their favor, like say, for example, the Browns have a few turnovers and the Colts capitalize on them, there's still a very low chance that Taylor has a really big day on the ground. And so I would definitely, regardless of game script, I wouldn't mind taking the under of 45 and a half here. Okay, there's six buys this week. Uh, I've had a much different, more, much more difficult time coming up with questions in this segment for this week uh, because of the buys. What's your approach with all these teams on buys? Does that alter how you go about things? Not too much. If anything, it just alters my thinking for the following week. So I'll give you one example. Is the Packers are coming out of a buy. And so you would think that, oh, maybe Aaron Jones would be more healthy after he missed the last couple games. And who is he playing against this week? Oh, the Denver Broncos, who have by far the worst run defense in the NFL. So it doesn't really affect my thinking for the present. It really just makes me a little bit – it's really about just guys getting healthier and then hoping they'll have more usage the next week, a little fresh come off the bye, and that their overs could be in play. Brian Blue is Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Well, let's stick with that. Uh, I had actually highlighted that same thought process here. Aaron Jones is supposed to be back. The Broncos struggled against the run. We saw a little bit better showing against the run on Thursday night football against the Chiefs. I'm not buying it, though. So do we take a chance with Aaron Jones? It's 48 and a half yards for him. Yeah, I agree with you that I'm not really going to buy their performance last Thursday against the Chiefs. I almost throw Thursday night football games out the window just because it's a lot flukier when these teams only have three days to prepare versus when they have basically an entire week to prepare. So you almost have to throw a lot of it out the window. So I, the only thing that scares me here in backing Aaron Jones and taking his overs is that kind of contradicts what I just said with the bye week, but how high is his usage going to be this week? That's really the only thing that could affect him not going over this over. It's kind of crazy how his total is only 10 yards higher than A.J. Jones when A.J. Jones has been one of the least efficient running backs in football this season. If Aaron Jones is anywhere close to full strength, then he should be able to dominate the uh, carries in this one because he's just so much better of a player than A.J. Dillon. Monday night, San Francisco uh, goes against Minnesota at Minnesota. No Jeff- Justin Jefferson, obviously. Shaky Minnesota offensive line. Uh, stout defense from San Francisco. Kirk Cousins has had some really high passing totals so far this year. Are the uh, you know the numbers still high enough in the prop market to bet under Kirk Cousins? Yeah, this is one I'm really torn about because we don't know the status of three of the best players on the 49ers and Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Sean Williams. But it seems likely that at least one or two of them will play. It seems like McCaffrey will play. It's more just like a pain tolerance. It seems like Sean Williams should play because he did return last week, but. Before having real clarity about them, I'm not totally sure about the game script here because if they're missing McCaffrey, at least one McCaffrey or Trent Williams, then I'm really not sure that the 49ers were able to win this one handedly. I mean, we've seen 
Brock Purdy struggle without his top weapons or he did last week, but granted, the Browns defense is far, far better than this like. Uh, did we see enough from Saquon Barkley last week to think he's back? To me, it would kind of more or less seemed like one or two big runs and then a lot of uh, around the line of scrimmage for Saquon Barkley. And conversely here, uh, they're facing the commanders and the commanders with Terry McLaurin. Uh, we know that the Giants like to keep their guys uh, on isolation. And so a lot of one-on-one matchups here. So can Terry McLaurin hit the over uh, this week? Yeah, going back to uh, Saquon, it's kind of crazy how many injuries the Giants have had on the offensive line, and it's only getting worse. So it really doesn't make me feel comfortable taking his overs here coming off of last week. But in terms of with uh, Terry McLaurin, I'm a, the only thing that holds me back is the Giants rookie Deontay Banks has basically been like their one positive from the season. He's been really good as a corner. they locking down a lot of wide receiver ones, like even Stephon Davis before last week. So... If I have any pause here taking the over for Terry McLaurin, it'll be because of that match of Deontay Banks. Okay, last up for me, Brian already you know mentioned that I'm you know a little low on the, the question volume this week. So they're, the the yeah, Ravens and the Braves. Yeah, that's that's part of the deal, and uh, maybe I'm just you know I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed a lot of the times too. That's part of the problem too. But uh, Lions and Ravens, that's a game I'm looking forward to watching. So. Just watching, uh, is there maybe like a little pizza bet that I should throw in in that game for the prop market uh, side of things? For the prop market in this one, the, I would maybe look at like a Jared Goff over for attempts. Right now, let's see if they have a line yeah. for it at bracket. Right up. They don't have it up right now, but I'll keep an eye on the passing usage for the lines in this one because they're going to be without David Montgomery. And I'm just not sure how efficient they'll be on the ground without him. And I'm high on the Ravens in this one. I like the matchup for them at home. I think they're getting much better on both sides of the ball, and they have a lot of untapped potential on offense. And as good as the Lions have been, and not just this season, dating back to the second half of last season, I believe they're 13-3 over their last 16 games, which is more than big a sample size to really buy into them as a legitimate team. I kind of see this one as a tough spot for them on the road against a really good team. They had a nice road win last week in Tampa, but the difference between the Tampa team and the Ravens is night and day. And so I think game script will be working in uh, favor here if they're adopted over. Uh, the Falcons are a team that just befuddle me. They're going up against the Buccaneers here to, at least for me, looking at this, that when it's a defensive front that doesn't get a ton of pressure, Baker Mayfield has had success. When it's a defensive front that can get pressure on him, uh, he has struggled here. So what do we do with this Falcons team uh, with the usage of Bijan Robinson? And then conversely here with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin getting some yards, do we maybe look at an underplay for them? I haven't really, I don't, I don't really have a strong opinion one way or the other with Godwin and Evans, but one of my favorite player props of the week is actually the under for Bijan Robinson. You kind of mentioned the lack of usage. Over the last two games, Algier has had more carries than Bijan Robinson, which is pretty nuts when you think about how Bijan has been averaging almost two more yards per carry this season, and they use a top 10 pick on him in the draft. And they're going against the Buccaneers defense, one of the best teams against the NFL, in the NFL at stopping their run. They're holding their opponent to just 3.8 yards per carry. And while it's a short spread divisional game, the Falcons are the road team here and have struggled mightily on the road this season, especially at quarterback of Desmond Ritter. That I think I like the Buccaneers to win this one. And as a result, I think that Bijan's usage won't totally be there. He's not going to have an explosive run to really catapult him over the 54 and a half. 
Sunday night football with the Dolphins and the Eagles here. Uh, at some point, like the Eagles have to run the football. They seems like they got away from that there in their previous game against the Jets. So do we look at DeAndre Swift being able to take advantage of that? But 62 and a half maybe causes some pause there we have had similar talks about aj brown and his effectiveness here before but now his number sitting at 82 and a half yards is that getting a little higher do we still ride aj brown yeah with deandre swift i really like him to have a big workload this week i think the eagles got a little carried away last week with the fact that both sauce gardner and um djv were out for the jets so they were extremely pass happy in that game and they were pretty much getting stopped on the run with, with, when they are getting the ball to Swift. The one factor there was that they were missing Lane Johnson, who once he left the game, their offense just fell completely flat. I don't think they scored, they scored zero points in the second half even, but he's going to be back for this one. This Dolphins defense is far, far worse than that Jet defense. And we've seen the Eagles in their five wins this year that once they have a lead, they do an extremely good job of leading the clock late in games, sustaining really long drives because – they're so efficient at running the football behind the best offensive line in the NFL. So I really like DeAndre Swift to have a big workload in this one. My favorite prop for him for that Sunday night game is over 13.5 carries at a minus 120. So definitely agree with you there that he should have more of a workload this week. In terms of A.J. Brown, I gave out uh, bad advice last week to take Devontae Smith because of the squeaky wheel theory that uh, he was a little upset the week before about the lack of targets. But he came out last week and had his worst game of the season. He dropped a really easy pass. I could have gone for 30 yards. And if he caught that ball, they probably win the game because I've set them up to score on that drive. But Adrian Brown's been so dominant the last few weeks, four games in a row, that at least 125 receiving yards. And just that he's been dominant target share this year. And this new offense coordinator has made it more a priority to get A.J. Brown involved than the previous year. That, especially in this, in this matchup against this Dolphins defense, that I just don't really see a world where I want to take the under for A.J. Brown. If anything, it would be a pass. Brian, before we let you go, is there anything that we haven't touched on that is catching your eye for Sunday slate of games? The only thing to keep an eye on with these player props is that unders are hitting at a historically low rate this season for game totals. They haven't been doing this well in over 30 years. So I don't know if that means that they're going to be a lot more high scoring this week or this continues to be a trend because these, these teams especially have really struggled in the red zone this year. And if you look at the totals for this week, there are a bunch of games that are have totaled under 40 points. So there's not a direct correlation. I should attack player props, but something you should keep in mind with scoring being so low. This Brian, as always, we greatly appreciate your time and expertise, and we look forward to doing it again next week. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. Once again, he is Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. All right, it's time now for you to be today's lucky winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Be caller number 3, 602-260-1060, 602-260-1060, caller 3, Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits weekend specials, certified Angus beef choice strip steak at $24.99 a pound, prime pork butt roast at $3.99 a pound, and fresh natural whole chickens at $1.99 a pound. When you are today's winner, come with your weekend bet. Trying to get back onto the winner's side of things. Doing pretty darn good, though, at 6-1 for our weekend bets. And we'll also answer today's poll questions on the other side of break. It is the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you.
Moving out time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Eleven forty-two here on KDOS AM ten sixty. It is the extra point. Bob Cam, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Congratulations to our winner of the one hundred dollar gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Von Hansen's Meats located two three zero North Alma School in Chandler. I'll provide what their weekend play here is momentarily, but it'll coincide with today's poll question. So we'll get things started here with the KDOS1060.com poll question in regards to the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. Bob had a chat with Greg Bell, Tacoma News Tribune. If you missed it, podcast it over at KDOS1060.com or with the KDOS1060 app here. So who do you have Sunday in Seattle? Cardinals plus seven and a half or Seahawks minus seven and a half. Okay, I'll get to that in one quick second. Before I get to that, though, Deshaun Watson, we talked about this, uh, the the Browns game before during uh, our roundup here. Uh, He's trending to start on Sunday, according to now various reports out there. So that makes a big difference in that game. Now you got to hope he can stay healthy and give the ball to Ford, as we talked about in the last segment uh, with Brian. Okay, on to the Cardinals we go. Uh, I'm on Seattle here and um, might be on most Cardinals opponents for the foreseeable future until they either get some of their defensive front seven guys back. And I think a couple of those guys aren't coming back, unfortunately, or Buda Baker starts playing and you know he did not rule out playing this week, but I think that that would be maybe a stretch. Uh, and Jaylee Thompson, we're not, not sure about him either. Uh, but I think that you know Seattle's actually they they should have a four game winning streak. Uh, they, they blew that game last week against Cincinnati. They had a million chances to win. I would assume after watching last week that they're just going to run the ball, and their offensive line is getting a little healthier. Even though we did learn from Greg that Charles Cross, the right tackle, will not play again this week. And uh, this is five weeks in a row that he's been out. And I'm starting to wonder when he might be coming back if he's coming back at all. Uh, but I think that they'll just overwhelm them at the line of scrimmage on both sides. Their defensive front seven has been really good this year. Not just the 11 sacks they had against the Giants, but they've been really much improved against the run, and that was their whole mission this offseason was to figure out how to stop the run because they were so bad at it last year. And they've been one of the best rushing defenses in the league this year. And remember you know, the stats in the NFL – the, the, the rushing stats, run defense stats are actually run defense stats, and they don't they take the sacks out like they do in college football, which is one of the dumbest stat choices in history. So, yeah, I mean, let's just first of all update the uh, injury report as it was from yesterday with some notables here. Antonio Hamilton did not practice for uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Jalen Thompson did not practice for Wednesday, Thursday. Keytrail Clark was limited for Wednesday, Thursday. Flipping this to the Seahawks side of things, Evan Brown did not practice Wednesday, Thursday. Zach Charbonnet did not practice Wednesday, Thursday. DK Metcalf did not practice Wednesday, Thursday. Phil Haynes limited then moved to not practicing on Thursday. Tyler Lockett limited. 
Uh, so some injury concerns there on the offensive line, but that's been something that the Seahawks have been dealing with. And uh, even though they've been popping up on the injury report, they're out there playing. I think, though, that that probably suggests some of the struggles that we have seen, you know, with Geno, especially last week. Uh, a couple of turnovers there in the red zone, uh, unsuccessful in the red zone against a good uh, defensive front in the Bengals. I think the Cardinals don't have that same type of defensive front, so I think that there will be a little bit more success there at the line of scrimmage for the Seahawks to be able to uh, provide opportunities there for Kenneth Walker. The Cardinals are giving up 133 point yards on the ground per game this season. We saw how the Rams opened up the second half with eight straight running plays, eight out of 10 running plays as well to march the ball down the field. So there's certainly uh, opportunities there for a run first type orientated team in the Seattle Seahawks. Conversely there, I think there's opportunities in the secondary. Uh, you know, Buda Baker, if he does play, if he does not play, there's still questions there with Jalen Thompson. There's been questions at the corner positions here. So I think that there's opportunities for the Seattle Seahawks wide receivers. Um, there's been plenty of nice things that we've talked about with this Cardinals offense. Drew Petzing has been very creative with his usage uh joshua dobbs has got to be a little bit more accurate though i think in order for uh plenty of success for the cardinals to take hold they've seemingly done a nice job just as a team keeping things close in the first half but then they're unable to sustain that in the second half and i think that there's a variety of different reasons why that's true uh I think, though, Seattle goes and gets this victory here, and I would be on the side of Seahawks minus 7.5. Uh, I'll agree with almost all that. I would also say that you know while Geno did not get the greatest pass protection last week, he also had some brain power problems um, and made some really stupid plays inside the red zone, which really cost them last week, which was you – know, one of the reasons that he was a not very long starting quarterback in his time in New York, uh, that, you know, and then he sat forever and then was really good last year. So uh, if you're on the Seahawks side here, you, I think you, the less Geno actually has to make a decision, probably the better. Uh, so we'll see what's up with that. One other quick thing about the Cardinals here. I would really like last week I talked about this and I've talked about this week, but Trey McBride got a whole lot more, yeah, time last week. He, most snaps he's had in any game in his career. Uh, more patterns than Zach Ertz by far last week. And, you know, the trade deadline's in 10 days. Uh, we use that for a poll question this week about Ertz. I don't know if he's really good enough or, you know, he, he's 30-some years old, and I don't know what the tight end demand is out there. But if we see as much McBride this week as we did last week, I wonder if whether Ertz, one way or the other, is not on this roster after October 31st. I've seen Ertz's name linked in uh, a variety of different trade deadline conversations from national media. I've also seen it linked in a couple of different mock trades, if you will. So he's definitely a name that's been floating out there uh, for, for at least interest for people thinking that he could help a contending team. When it comes, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you could get for him, quite frankly, because I just don't think he's very good anymore. 
Uh, when it comes to the masses here, they're on the Cardinals plus seven and a half side at 56% of the vote. Seahawks minus seven and a half at 44%. And that is what our winner of the Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits uh, gift card is on. Cardinals plus seven and a half. So let's go Cardinals plus seven and a half this weekend to get ourselves back on a winning track. For the Twitter poll question, at KDUS AM 1060, behind Brandon Fott's uh, impressive performance yesterday afternoon, Cattell Marte coming up huge for the Arizona Diamondbacks, driving in the game-winning run. The series is now 2-1, and it continues today. Christopher Sanchez is going for the Phillies, and uh, Joe Mantiply is going for the Diamondbacks in a bullpen game. Do the Diamondbacks beat the Phillies a second straight day? And uh, certainly here, the bullpen bullpen game is nothing uh, that this Diamondbacks team is, uh, you know, uh, unfamiliar with. They've done it a lot this season, and they've had a ton of success doing it this season here. If some of that timely hitting continues to take place, makes the Phillies get a little bit off schedule, I think that the Arizona Diamondbacks can get a win. They've certainly, uh, I think, need to get a little bit more production from Corbin Carroll because if he can get on base and we've you know, we previewed it uh, before the series even got started. Uh, certainly being able to stress things on the bases, uh, that could be a huge success for the Diamondbacks. So finding a way to get on base, uh, a little bit more production there from Christian Walker because you're certainly getting it from Marte so far. You've certainly been getting it from Gurriel as well. So there, And Moreno has done a great job at the plate too. So there's been a lot of different production. It's about piecing it all together, getting when you get guys on base, the runners in scoring, position getting them home uh i do think that they have a chance here today uh this evening to uh win for a second straight day i think they have a chance but i highly disagree with the you know they just don't get on base um this has been a problem for the majority since the all-star break majority of the game since then they uh their numbers in offense are way down they're hurting they're hitting under 150 for the series their runners in scoring position, I believe it's like one for 12 or something like that. Or two, you guys, well, they, they, they hit in the ninth inning, obviously. I think it's a two for 13 or something like that. They've been really bad. And I just can't imagine that this bullpen thing is going to work today. Uh, you know, Mantiply, you know, he faced four hitters in uh, the game earlier and didn't retire any of them uh, in the game in Philadelphia. Uh, I don't know how long he, I don't think he's going to be out there after even three hitters possibly, but you know, I think the Nelsons we're going to have to play pitch in this game and neither of those guys has been terribly impressive of late. So I would be really surprised if the Phillies don't win today. The masses are on the yes side of things at 54.5% of the vote. No sitting at 45.5%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. We wrap up this Friday, October 20th edition of the Extra Point on the other side of the break. As always, make sure you're downloading that KDOS 1060 app because there's just a few more days left in the process to get yourself eligible for the $100 gift certificate courtesy of Superbook Sports. So download the app, register, that's a key component, and then uh, follow along with the listener rewards instructions to be eligible for that $100 gift certificate. We wrap this edition up on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point.
Listener rewards for you with the KDOX 1060 app. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KDOX 1060 app. segment of this Friday, October 20th edition of Extra Point. It's that time once again, Bob. It is thank you time. All right. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else uh, slipped through the cracks. Also our guest today, plural. Cardinal Seahawks preview with Greg Bell of the Chalmers News Tribune. He's on our side, Caleb. He thinks that they're going to cover the number. Also our weekly NFL prop bet discussion with Brian Lewis at Pro Football Network. Also, Sound Day, courtesy of Fox, CBS, TBS, KBME, Amazon Prime Video, and Peacock. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, and the Sports Who with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6. NAU football is on a bye this week, so no NAU football with Mitch Stroman. NFL action there for you, though, with the Raiders at the Bears, 9.30 a.m. pregame kickoff at 10 here on Sunday on KDOS AM. 1060. Uh, plenty of things happening over the weekend. Major League Baseball ALCS action. Game 5 continues. Justin Verlander versus Jordan Montgomery. Astros versus Rangers. The series all tied up at 2-2. It's a 2.07 p.m. start on FS1. We kind of ran out of time to dive into this here, but this should be a fun one. Can Jordan Montgomery keep it going? I just saw, I don't know what the, I didn't have time to read the story. I just saw one of those headline things that the Rangers are shaking up the lineup. So I'm not sure what that means, but they're shaking up the lineup apparently. NLCS today, Phillies versus Diamondbacks. Phillies lead to one. Christopher Sanchez versus Joe Mantiply in an opener for the Diamondbacks, 5.07 p.m. on TBS. Saturday, ASU football returns from by. They're headed up to Seattle. What's up with both the Arizona schools going up to Seattle this weekend? But ASU football taking on UW, 7.30 p.m. on FS1. And the Cardinals going up to Seattle on Sunday, 1.05 p.m. on Fox. As always, we greatly appreciate you listening to us here on KDUS AM 1060. For Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, pay them a visit this weekend, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Looking forward to the fun action over the weekend and getting back with you on Monday to recap it all. Get started with the Sports Zone at 9 a.m. Talk to you then.